Hello and welcome to the RevOps Show. It's been a bit of time now since we last talked about change management, but this time around the conversation goes in a direction that I was not expecting. Doug and Jess talk through what change management looks like today and whether it's still change management or if the concept has morphed over time. It's always a good time to watch these two work things out over an episode in real time. So let's get into it. Jess, what's up with this new counting down from five thing? I don't know. I think I think all the technology is coming to get you, Doug. I mean, I'm <clears throat> I'm mentally prepared for a countdown from three on this application. I, I'm I'm aware. You can't. I mean, it's Monday morning. You can't do this stuff to me at on Monday morning. It's because it's Monday morning. I think that's what the problem is. You know what? I should have had Fleetwood Mac queued up. I feel I feel like I've let you and our audience down. I'm trying to re- realize what Fleetwood Mac song you're referencing, and I have not had enough coffee yet, obviously. Monday morning, you oh, yeah. Okay. Friday, I got on my mind. First you me. See, I should have had that queued up. You should have. That's, way, that's a great up. way to get going. I can't believe I didn't. I, I know that song. Um, yeah. I'm disappointed in myself. You know, had had I known that we were going to start a countdown from five and that I was going to be thrown off by that, I would have had the song queued up. Exactly. Exactly. Artie Jess, well, I am, um, I'm excited about the topic today. You, you actually <laughs> got me thinking. I'm, I'm actually prepared for the topic, so we'll see how that plays out. I know. But before we get to the topic. Okay. I had a question that came to my mind this weekend, and, and, and I think it's a... I think it's a substantial question. Okay. Sam Seaborn or Will Bailey? Sam Seaborn or Will Bailey? We're talking about West Wing here. I, I know, I know, I'm just I know. Telling our audience that we're talking about. Well, if you don't know who Sam Seaborn is, at least, then I, I can't. You know, everyone talks about, everyone says it's Ginger or Marianne. <laughs> I go with I, Sam. I go with Sam. I mean, the show the show was originally supposed to be his. the The, the show was built Have around. You heard what he said about the show recently? Oh, are you gonna hurt? Are you gonna hurt me? Oh, he said it was hurt me deep. He said it was a miserable experience. It was pretty interesting. He's been like really negative on. It. Anyways, he's Rob Lowe. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. He is. He's. See. See, I really think I, I think this is going to be. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. We need. To I haven't. Audience. I'm. I'm rewatching it. I'm still in the CMC board. And you're, I haven't yeah, gotten. But you remember to, Will Bailey, don't you? I do. I, oh yeah, yeah. Josh Molina. Yeah. Right. See. See, when you think about this, I think it really plays into the the Ginger Marianne, <laughs> right? Because Rob Lowe is is the star. The you know, et cetera, et cetera. Josh Molina, little bit off kilter. See, I, I got to tell you, I think I got to go Will Bailey. I go Will Bailey. Well, yeah. You know why? I, why? You know why? He's why? Just, he, he, he has a wit. There, there's a wit to the Will Bailey character that's just, um, as, as you get caught up into it. And, and, and so Will just, um, so I'm I was going to say, did Will just show up in your rewatch? <laughs> is, that what, is that what sparked this question? Yep. Yep. I'm not there. Now. Yet. 
Now, there is also a major plot hole in West Wing. Do you know what the biggest major plot hole in West Wing is? What? Jed Bartley would never be elected president in the modern day. And it has Why? nothing to do with, with his political ideology. Why? Martin Sheen is five foot seven. <laughs> Too short. There's no one five foot seven would ever get elected today. Doesn't matter how, doesn't matter. The last president under five foot ten, I checked I'm trying this out to for think. this episode to get ready for this episode, was Jimmy Carter, five foot nine and a half. Was he under five foot ten? See, he even seemed five, tall. Five foot nine and a half. Wow. Wow. Yeah, Martin Sheen is short. I was watching like I was watching it on you know, as he was other people saying, I'm like, you know, how how tall I mean I'm Martin Martin Sheen and I are the same height. And if it wasn't yeah. my height, I would definitely be president of the United States. <laughs> That's what everyone exactly. tells me. Exactly. Exactly. Oh my God. That's, that's, I mean, that's accurate. He would not, he would not be not, not that you would be president if it wasn't for your height, but that Martin Sheen would not be elected president because of this. So just a interesting now. Um, oh my God. I'm, uh, Tim Matheson. He's, he's, he's tall enough to be president. Who I don't remember who Tim Matheson is. See, I love doing this to you. Um, Jonathan Hoynes. <laughs> Oh, okay. Like, do, do you notice how um, uh, do you notice how much taller he is? Like every time. Yeah. Well, the, like the, so, they do a lot of staging around Martin Sheen's height on this show as well. People are strategically. People are strategically like Toby doesn't stand next to him very frequently, and I think it's because of the height difference. How tall is Richard Schiff? Let's find out. I don't think he's that tall, but he's taller than Martin Sheen. Well, he Martin Starker, some... Starker Channing's tiny, so she's not taller than him. Richard Richard Schiff is five ten. Yeah. Mrs. Bartlett is five three. So I knew she. I knew she's tiny because of Greece. Like John Travolta towers over her. In that, okay, that's where in I that forgot. Movie. And and what did she play in Greece? What what she's what, uh. She Oh God! Uh, I'm gonna lose my uh, my my theater card. Uh, oh was God! Yes, yeah, she Rizzo. That's so she was yes. Rizzo. Yeah, she yeah yeah she killed it as Rizzo. Best Rizzo ever. How tall is uh, Olivia Newton-John? She's not tall. I don't know how tall she is, but she's she's tiny as well. Five foot six. Is she okay? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I heard yep. she likes to get physical. Good God. Okay. So where does uh, Olivia Newton-John rank in the pantheon of, I don't remember the name of the main character in Greece. Sandy. Sandy. Where does she rank in the... So they, they killed it in the casting of that movie. Like everybody, every like gold standard, everybody across the board. Holds up to this you, day. Even Vinnie Barbarina? Yeah. Yeah. He's great. You know, you know what, you know what, Grease lacked. You know what, Grease needed to ma- would have made it a classic Horshack if Horshack had been in. Oh my God! All right. Or what about, or what about Juan Epstein? You've lost, you've lost, you've lost the audience now. Officially. What about Juan Epstein? <laughs> Signed, Epstein's mother. I, I, I don't, I don't know uh, that show that well to. <laughs> Dolphin, to welcome back, Otter, baby. Yeah, welcome yeah. back, Otter. I was gonna say I don't know. Welcome back, Cotter, well enough to uh, to have this conversation with you right now. I'm familiar. Oh, I should have had that. 
I should have. We we need to get this whole banter set up because I could. Oh my I could have had. You could have had the team. Tease him a lot. We we tease him a lot. <laughs> Welcome back. All right, what are we talking about today, Jess? We're going to talk about change management today, Doug. A, a topic management. that I was not what expecting. Like I was not expecting this topic to rile you up quite as much as it did, but you 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 had some thoughts already on on Friday when we chatted. So and you've had the weekend to think about it. Um. So the the way this got brought up to me is that um, from our content manager, Fiona, uh, change management's a huge and overlooked and often overlooked part of using CRM and should be thought about from the beginning. But it's usually left to the end when it's not nearly as effective. Um, so first, I wanted to see. Well, what's your take on it? What's your take on change management? <sighs> so I have I have also had the weekend to to think about this and do some research and so i definitely think it's 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 often overlooked um and 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 not really discussed early on what does it mean to overlook change management so and this is where this is where i'm like hesitant to because i in my research, I, I, lo I looked up a lot about like change management planning and what is that. And I think a lot of change management plans are overkill, but I, I don't think it gets discussed or thought about until you get to needing to roll out, out the, the system to users. So when, when, when we talk about it being overlooked, it's that we're not really talking about how, how we're going to manage the the adoption and the utilization and the fact that we're asking people to change systems and usually processes and, and kind of how we're going to prepare people for, for that change and, and deal with the, uh, the resistance we're going to get to that change. What's the manifestation when it gets delayed to the end? You said you agree that too often it gets, you wait. <sighs> Well, end. so I, I think it gets, I think it gets, it, it gets realized when people aren't, so we talked about adoption and utilization last time, people aren't utilizing the system in the way that, that we expect them to use it. Um, you get, you start to get heavy resistance. Hey, I'm not going to, this is too hard because um, whatever that, that resistance is, that that's kind of how, where you see that that manifestation directly and then from higher up not necessarily your users it's well i'm paying for this and people aren't people aren't using it and people are just complaining about it and so that none of the people involved in the in the process are really none of the people who are being asked to use the system or impacted by the system later on are really involved in the process leading up to. All right. So where did you want to start? Well, I wanted to start with your thoughts on that statement. Like, do you, do you agree with that statement that it's you often know, overlooked and left to the end? So it's not nearly as effective. So, so here's the place where, where this topic struck me and, and why I'm struggling okay. with the topic is because I used to really think a lot about change management. I read a lot on change management over the years. And the question I want to, the question that I'm posing now is, is change management a thing? Why are you, um, why are you asking that? Like, how is it not a thing? Because I don't know, because I think 
you know, we used to pay a lot of attention to change management here. Did right? we? Yeah, we did. If you go back when you were first here. Yeah. Okay. Right. And we don't pay a lot of attention to change management. I don't, I don't know that I agree with that statement. Do we pay a lot of attention to change? Do we talk about, how often do we talk about change management here? For, for us. Oh, for us internally? Oh, yeah. not that often. Okay. I misunderstood what you were saying. But we used to talk about it a lot. Yeah. We used to address it a lot. Now we really don't even think about it. And I would say we've had more change. We've had more better change since we stopped thinking about it. Okay, so that's I think fair. When you talk about, I think when you talk about the CRM, mm -hmm. I, think, I, think the I think like the statement is accurate, but the cause is not about change management. The cause is the business processes and driving the technology. I think, I think what, when we talk about resistance and change management, et cetera, so like, let's think about this. We take a company that's got 300 salespeople. Mm -hmm. They're using four different systems with the dominant system being no system, spreadsheets, yep. notes, everything around the place. Yep. We roll out, we roll out a new CRM. Yep. Is that rollout supposed to be right the first time? No. Of course it's not supposed to be right. So, so why would we expect everyone to go, oh yes, this is what I, what I want to use. So, so here, here's where I came down over the weekend. Mm-hmm is he, here's the problem with change management, the way at least that it's defined, talked about, et cetera. Mm -hmm. And that is it was designed in a time when there wasn't a lot of change. Mm -hmm. and, and, and what it does is it isolates a change. It, it, yep. it takes an item out of an ecosystem and, and, and highlights it. Yeah. Or, or, or I would say even over highlights it. Mm -hmm. um, so, so it was interesting because I saw some of your notes where you talked about you felt like it was, um, you know, five different groups, including stakeholders, committees, sponsors, leaders, champions, et cetera. Yeah. Yet, think about for our larger implementations, mm -hmm. how many teams do we have? Five or six? Yeah, correct. Made up of champions, stakeholders, right? So, but it's not about okay, everyone, we're making change. We're about right. to change. We're, we're not, we're not creating this, uh, you know, the reason for change. Yeah. I mean, I think, so I, I, I found an article that I, that I thought was interesting um, where it, it talked about change management is not a, not a checklist, but adoption. I would change that to utilization based on our conversation last week. Um and they go on to talk about how effective change management is more about understanding the business, the, the users in the current landscape. So like, for instance, things like timing, are we going into budget season? You know, what are we going to roll out while, while the things are going on? Like that goes to, I think what you're saying, which is understanding the business that you're, that you're working and understanding the dynamics of that understanding the business process versus kind of putting this big whole plan together. That's this 14 point checklist. I think that's what, when we did chat GBT on this, you came back with like this 14 point items that you need to hit. It's not about hitting those items. It's about acclimating the group to, to the new system that you're putting in place, which I think might be what you're saying. I don't know that I'm saying that. I'm so I mean, so, so maybe, I mean, if, if we're saying change management is adoption management, 
we're rolling out a new thing, mm-hmm. which again is where I think you, you run into like, um, there's an interesting article that I, that I saw was like the 10 primary models about change management and, 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 and they all isolate change to be this very linear yeah. processy thing. Like when, when you, I mean, when you implement a new CRM, mm-hmm. you are implementing change. Right. But but is the change because you're implementing a new CRM or is the change because of why you're implementing a new CRM? Well, it de- I think that depends on who's implementing and who's involved. Um How so? Well, so we so we talk about the business process must always guide the technology. Technology can never drive the business process, but I don't know that everybody approaches it that way. So, I mean, if you're, if you're doing it the the right way, then, then it would be, you're doing a process change, but, but, but why do people, why, why do people get a new CRM? Why does a company get a new CRM in the first place? Does a, does a company get a new CRM in the first place simply because their technology is, is not good. I mean, they're hitting their numbers. They're exceeding their numbers. They're highly profitable. They've got good line of sight. Everybody is happy. Everybody feels good. So you wouldn't, someone go, hey, you know what? Our CRM is old and it kind of sucks. Let's implement a new CRM. So what? What if? What if I don't want to pay? Like, what if? What if I don't want to pay what I'm paying for CRM? And it's it's about you know a cost savings measure. You don't think they would that 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 instance that would be the case? So so why is there? I mean, so here here's my first question: Is when have you ever seen a company? go through a, a meaningful cost reduction action while they're ahead of all targets. Okay. That's fair. And now are you saying that, that our margins are under pressure? And so while we're hitting our top line numbers, our bottom line numbers are. Sure. Yeah. Right. I mean, <laughs> right. Right. So, so there's still, there's still an underlying performance problem. Right. I mean, so, so now, now you might approach it like again. You might approach the CRM implementation incorrectly, right? But like what we talk about, what you need, like our episode on adoption and utilization for CRM. Mm-hmm. Other than the fact that the business process must drive. I mean, right. I would say this when it comes to change management: the business process must drive the change. The change should never drive the business process, right? What you're changing is the business process. Mm-hmm. Here's my question: What isn't changing today? You just mean generally? Yeah. <laughs> Everything's changing right. all the time. So, so now go back to the 1970s. Mm-hmm. That wasn't true. Yeah. Right. It yeah. was, you know, the whole point of, of, you know, if you look at the industrial economy, mm-hmm. right. What, what the internet did or what technology did, what high technology did with the, with the microchip was it, it radically changed the element of distribution. It mm-hmm. radically changed your, 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 your limits. So if you go back, if you go back to the 1980s and 1990s, as an example, and you take a look at, um, you take a look at um, trading in the stock market, trading was much less, had, had much lower volumes. People were less likely to train, were trade as frequently as the average mm-hmm. share. And, and the reason for it was there was a cost. There was a cost to the trade. Right. Both from the standpoint of because people were involved, someone had to make money, there were commissions, the spreads were bigger, et cetera. Well, what's happened with, with um, you know, one of the main things that technology brought to, to business, I mean, mm-hmm. to, to, to finance, what are, 
to humanity was the ability to do massive calculations to radically change what distribution is, you know, to reduce the limiters, which, which now we, I mean, people don't even think about commissions yeah. when they, when they trade. I mean, like there used to be a job where you made, like you made a really good living just on the fee that someone had to pay to trade shares. Right. And so you were, you know, you, you know, now it's like, Hey, I'll jump in for this, jump out. Jump and now the same thing has happened in every aspect of, of, of life today is that the cost of change, the cost mm-hmm. of trying this or doing that is, is low. Um, AI adds to that. Right. PowerPoint added to that. It used to be that you would put a message together. You would put your story out there. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and it stayed. And what was one of the main reasons why it didn't change? Well, cause the cost of changing it was high. right. We'd yeah. have to go back. We'd have to do storyboard drawings. We'd have to create new silicon to then to be able to go to print and right. on and on and on. We're going to have to take 50,000 brochures out to introduce 50,000 new brochures. Right. And now it's like, oh, I'll just change this page. Oh, I'll just change this. I'll just change this. Right. right. So the other element when you take a look at change management and the mm-hmm. way change management is approached is we, it, 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 it builds in the assumption that people are, to, are resistant to change. Well, are they not? Yes, they are. No, they're not. Thank you for that decisive, straightforward answer. What do you mean by that? <laughs> how much how much uh, change management was needed for people to start using cell phones? To start using, and then how much how hard was the transition from cell phones to smartphones? Mm-hmm. Not that not that hard. I mean, how much training do you put your kids through on how to use their phone to keep track and look up something? On, I mean, right, right. Chat GPT had a hundred million users in like two weeks or something like that. Yeah. Now my parents what? need more training than my kids. I just want to, I just want to throw that out there. <laughs> but, and that's, that's cause that's not what, cause they're well, from previous time. <laughs> so, so, so where, so I don't know that, I don't know so much that people are resistant to change mm-hmm. as much as they are tied to their habits. Okay. But isn't that if, if, if you're asking somebody to like, I'm tied to my habit and you're asking me to change my habit, isn't that, aren't you then asking me to change? Like, isn't that a change? Yeah. But, but what am I managing? I mean, you're, you're, I, I don't know how to articulate it other than you're asking me to change a habit. You're asking me to change the way I operate. You're asking me to change what I do. And, 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 and how, how do you do that naturally? Like, how do I change a habit naturally? Um, practice is the is the word that comes to mind. So, like, I have to consistently and and purposefully do something differently until so, so until this. the old habit goes away and I develop a new habit. Like, that's so. So, let me ask you this: mm-hmm. What is the three zones of execution? Mm-hmm. Is that a change management model? I've never thought of it that way. Um, so I would say that the three zones of execution is not a change management model, but it is a model for change. Okay. Yeah. So, so if you want people to change, and by the way, when we're talking about change management, we're not talking about your parents learning how to program their VCR. I understand. Program the time <laughs> on their VCR. Right. And, and, and by the way, let me ask you this. When it comes to getting your parents to, to, get it so that the 12 isn't flashing on VCR. Do you know what makes me sad about the world today? What makes you sad? Is that that, that metaphor is going away. 
that our kids <laughs> don't know what it means that someone my kids don't even know what a VCR is like <laughs> but, or but, DVD but player. just the clock flashing 12 because oh no I know clocks now automatically pick up something and they have the time like that's no, just so depressing that, that that we expect so little from humanity that they don't even have to program their clock <laughs> that's how low that's how much we've lowered the bar by the way what so, so what is the best way to get somebody to change bring the change in a manner that they don't have to do anything different. Right. Right. You know what we call that? We call that automation. Okay. Right. Right. Do we have to get you to, ad- do we have to get people to adopt logging their emails in the CRM? No, because the, no, we don't. the, no. Yeah. Right. So they're adopting the CRM, even if they don't know they're adopting the CRM. Okay. Right. So, so one of the ways that you look at changes, how, how do we, re- re- and, and and you've heard me like one of the problems with CRM implementation historically in the legacy approach to CRM implementation is that fundamentally it's asked the rep, the user to change what and how they do to log into the CRM. Mm-hmm. And, and the difficulty of that is that there's no juice for the squeeze. Now, by for the way, the why did people, for the rep, right. Why do people adopt their phone? Why do I not have to teach you anything to have you go to your phone? Because it makes my then... life easier. Actually, more than that. Because it doesn't always, because because here's the funny thing. It's sometimes it really doesn't make your life easier. You know why? Because dopamine. Because you get addicted to your phone. Yeah. Because every time you get, every time you go to your phone, you get a little bit, right? Social media, light, bing, ping, yeah. ping, right? Yep. So, so here's, so the thing about um, where I know we're talking about three zones. Of, oh. How was I? Where were we on the three zones of execution? Not you were. It's not a change management, uh, but it does manage change. Like it does manage change. I think well, is what you said. So, so, so what we're saying is, we are the company. Here's the company we are today. Zone three, the transformation zone, is. Mm-hmm. Um, this is the company we want to become. Mm-hmm. Zone one, the next ninety days, the performance zone. Mm-hmm. Like, get shit done hit key targets, don't introduce a whole bunch of new shit in here. While you're in that zone. Right. Don't introduce a whole bunch of new yeah. shit in zone one. Yeah. Right. Why Why do we go through a 90-day, 120-day implementation cycle on a CRM? Because we're, we're going through an analysis and system design, et cetera, while we're not fucking with how, how, how people are executing. And then we go, okay, what's level one complete? Do we expect the first level of complete to be right? No, we don't, right? So where do we do? What are we, you know, we're hitting on, on the important elements. Why are we doing this? So, so what is change management? Mm-hmm. Change management is communication. So, yeah, so I actually have that in my notes. You and I landed in a very similar spot. Um, the, well, I got that- another one that, that you probably don't have. Okay, but what you just talked about, that goes to a little bit of where I was trying to get with understanding the landscape. Um, because we we do this frequently um, where, you know, we have, so we implement HubSpot and there are sales enablement tools on Sales Hub, like sequences and playbooks and templates. And the plan is usually to get those in as a phase one. But if we get in and start doing our discovery and realize they don't even have email templates, they don't even have a consistent standard way that they're communicating out, we will frequently table those items because we realize 
and, and this would go to the what you talked about with the primary system is no system. Usually this is this is how this plays out. We'll say, okay, we're not gonna do that as a part of phase one because like that's gonna just like totally the change is gonna be so drastic. And you're asking people to change their process so much by using some of those tools, we'll frequently table that because of because it's so much change that that so it's gonna overwhelm. There's only one time that sequences should be used in in phase one. And that is if you have a sequences type situation already. Yep. The reason that sequences get used in the beginning is because it's a neat feature. Right. Um, And I am convinced that it gets introduced early and that kills its adoption. Well, we've, we've used, we used to not necessarily operate this way. We've used it where we've kind of pushed to get it in and then like, and and then it actually causes more frustration because that goes to expectation setting. Because why is nobody here, using this? Here 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 here's a question: what what's missing in ninety nine percent of instances where sequences or cadences are used? content? No, something even more frequently than content. Cadence. No playbook. Okay. Right. Yeah. It would be like. It, it would be like going into football practice and, and, and working on formations with no playbooks. And by the way, playbooks are more than just the quote unquote play. Right. It's the context behind the play, the why, what are we doing? The, right? Yep. How, how many people come in with cadences, um, sequences, whatever, and have no real business process? Yep. Clearly mapped, clearly identified. Yep. Where are the variances in it? Right. So, so like where, you know, if, if, if you're changing, a thing. If I'm going from from CRM A to CRM CRM B, ERP A to ERP B, there like I think that's where change management mm-hmm. in in what is called change management has ha, has a role. But I think that that change management is more about training. Really? Okay. Well, so. There's a CRM that I don't want to name that we've seen a couple of reverse demos of. And every time we see the reverse demo, we're like, oh, mm-hmm. but we also know that in each of those reverse demos, there's at least a couple people who are resistant yep. to the new thing because this is how we do it here. Right. Yep. Right. That's habit. Yeah. Right. Now, why would somebody stick to a 17 step process? When mm-hmm. it become when it can become a zero, one, or two step process, I'm used to. It. Right. I know what to do. And, and oh, by the way, you want to know another? You know what's nice about a 17 step process? You know what's nice about manual that, that sucks about automated? You feel you feel good because you're because you get that dopamine hit because you're completing these, you're checking boxes, you're could be control, visible. Though. I would say control. I would say control. control. Okay. I understand it. It might be wrong, but I understand it. Okay. Like why why do people why are people more afraid of flying? than they are of driving the illusion of control. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I don't, if the data just comes in, well, I don't know where this data came from. Right. Right. So, so one of the things, this isn't always true, but it's often true is when you're doing these 17 steps, you create the illusion of understanding what's happening. Right. When, when in reality, maybe you don't. Right. But anyways, right. right? So, so I'm, I'm used to it. I know what to do. So is that, Am I gonna am I gonna go through a change management process on this? I'm gonna I'm gonna start by creating a clear vision. This is Chat GPT's answer, everybody. And by the way, 
every every change management model fits into into this when we call it quote unquote change management. Yep. Create a clear vision. Engage leadership. Build a strong change team. Communication and transparency. Stakeholder involvement. Training and development. Identify and manage resistance. Pilot and test. Celebrate small wins. Evaluate and adjust. Sustain the change. Measure success. Learn and improve. Document the process. Wait a second. Doesn't that sound like what I would do if I'm not changing anything? <laughs> yeah. Have, have, have you ever, I don't know if this ever happened to you. I remember when I was a kid, there were times like my room would get messy to the point where I'm like, I'm thinking, man, I need to clean up this room. But then my mom would tell me, you have to clean up your room. Uh-huh. And I'd be like, fuck that. I mean, I didn't say that to my mom, of course, but. I'm dealing with this with my kids right now, but yeah. Right. Like if she hadn't said anything, I was about to clean up my room right. because yeah. it was already yeah, crazy. Yeah. But all of a sudden now you've like highlighted it. Right. Right. So, so, so what's funny is, have, have you ever noticed how often the more you make it okay mm-hmm. not to change something, the more you make it easier for someone to change? Yeah. Yeah. Right. And, 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 and so what do you need to do? What you need to do is you need to align your vectors. That's where change management and that's where it gets, that's where things get bogged down is when your vectors aren't aligned. When we're not clear on where are we going? Why is it important that we get there? Mm -hmm. Change management is all about context. It's all about creating context. And so the thing that I hate about, I mean, again, in a time when every day you come in, I mean, remember, if we look at the industrial age, Mm-hmm. It was about, we were training our people not to think. Right. Right. Yeah. So, so you know what change, you know what great change management is? Red work, blue work, right? That, that's where uh, Marquette's, Marquette's entire theory was this whole idea of change management mm-hmm. was this yeah. centrally driven. And by the way, take a look at it. This is the fundamental problem with every change management model that I've seen. It's, is that it's centrally driven. Mm-hmm. It's top down yep, and it becomes about compliance yep, as yeah. opposed to being decentralized, mm-hmm. right? So change management becomes a great excuse for things. Change management becomes a great place to blame. Mm-hmm. It's a great place for, for, I mean, candidly, it's a great place for senior management to abdicate their responsibility of, of actually the discipline that's needed to run the business. Right. Because management today is change management. There is so much change. There is so much unknown. How do you create a clear vision for something new that we're doing? I mean, you, you communicate it. You, you show it. You communicate. Okay. I don't know that I'm following what you're saying then. (laughs) We're going to do something we've never done before. Uh Uh-huh. Here's how it's going to work. Here's the seven steps mm-hmm. for us to do something that we've never done before. Here's the seven steps for us to do something that's never been done before. Remember the first time we did a playbook? Yeah. How, how could we have communicated a vision for that? We couldn't have. I mean. Right. So when you go back to where change management, this thing that we call change management mm-hmm. was a solution. It was, it was a, it was a drug for a time. When mm-hmm. we were taking it, a, a, you know, this is our process to do this. Mm-hmm. And we're now bringing a new system in or we're changing this process 
to do the same thing that this other process. So we we're using process A, we're now moving to process B. Yep. But but it's its function is the same. Right. Right. So so there's a defined set of elements. There's a defined beginning point and end point, right? Right. Increasingly, that's all but that's like that's where automation comes in. Mm-hmm. Increasingly. Here, like change management, the problem with change management is it is it over focuses on the change. So you're saying by putting a microscope on that or a mag- sorry, I should say a magnifying glass and a microscope, you're you're basically getting the opposite result that you want because because you're focused so much on the change and not enough on. Yeah. How, how about building the organization for change? But you know what? You don't have to build an organization for change. Mm-hmm. You're in an environment of change. Okay. Yeah. Right. And, and, and this is why three zones of execution is I think so valuable, right? Mm-hmm. Here's where we're going. Here's yeah. how we're operationalizing this level of complete, all those things that we talked about reinforcing again the context because it is it is highly 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 likely i i would say virtually certain that if you're changing anything that matters the course that you're taking is going to change meaningfully at least two times Mm -hmm. before you're done and i'm not exactly sure what done looks like right right so so the the mindset of change management is the idea that launching the CRM is the finish line. But if I say launching the CRM is not the finish line, it's just the next start line right? for the next 90 to 120 day, 180 day period, then all of a sudden the definition of change management changes. Yeah. Right. It, it is, you know, change management is a waterfall philosophy. It is not an agile philosophy. Agile yep. is built on change. Agile is agile, three zones of execution, acceleration cycles, all those things that we talk about. They're about stability management. It's like yeah. we, we, we need to flip it on its head. We used to live in a world of great stability, relatively speaking, right? that had change. So we needed to manage that change. Today, we live in a world that is all change that needs stability. Right. Yeah. Right. And, yeah. and, and so like, what's one of the best ways to, to, to implement change, talk about what isn't changing, what hasn't changed. Yeah. What is the same? Yeah. Cause, cause by the way, the vast majority of times when we look at the things that we're talking about with change management and especially CRM, we're, we're not talking about making your life more difficult. We're, we're actually, Providing more control to you. It, it, it's also why, am I going to look at this through the lens of changing the CRM, mm-hmm. which is a CRM initiative, or am I going to look at it through the lens of managing our performance, enhancing our performance? Yep. Selling more with the same or less effort. Yep. Right? If I look at it through the lens of a performance initiative, it all of a sudden it, it changes things. Right. And, and so, because the reason that I got stuck on this, Jess, was we don't talk about change management a lot with our clients, at least not that I'm aware of. No, that's, I mean, so we talk about it when it gets brought up by them because they feel like they need, like, we'll have somebody on their side who's like, okay, well, we, we need a change management plan, plan in pay, place. And actually, now that it's interesting, I didn't realize we were going to go to three zones of execution 
But that's usually where I bring them back to is I remind them what we talk about, especially when we're launching a new CRM. Like we talk about the phases and when we get to, to, to launch, that's launch. And then there's a stage after launch, which is iterate. So mm-hmm. launch is not, launch is not done. And I think another reason, and this is why. Actually, we to- actually just so we can get on the same page, the uh-huh. stage after launch isn't iterate. Uh-huh. It's relaunch. It's, it's relaunch. Yeah. I think, yeah, I think it's actually review is what we have in our, and that, which is then, then relaunch. Yeah. So the stage after launch is relaunch, right? I think a lot of times why these change management initiatives get put in place is I have to report up to my CEO, my CFO, whoever signed the check and, and like explain to them, what are, what are they getting? I think if you think about it in relation to the the three zones and it's like, Hey guys, we're going to get this set up and staged and not everybody's going to use it. We're, we're not going to get like, we're not getting full, full utilization in phase one what we are planning on doing is like testing some assumptions learning a whole lot so that way for phase two we can make those improvements we need to make and i think that helps you manage those expectations on both sides you know what's missing in every model of change management that i looked at what what part of the process is going to change so the the change (laughs) management is all about you change right yeah you change (laughs) right the user changes. So, yeah. So the salesperson doesn't adopt. The salesperson isn't in compliance. What, what every change management model infers, at least, I don't know that it says it outright. Cause I, I know some people go, Oh no, no, that's not what we're saying. We're saying. That, right. Um, but they're not using it. They're resisting it. Yeah. That's a feature. It's not a bug. Right. Yeah. Right. In, in the same way that, that we look at it through the lens of, of building a product, right? The customer starts using our product in ways that we never thought about. Yeah. Right. The great product companies go, oh, right. And, and yeah. so the, the, the whole idea is, yeah, the CRM is going to change. We're going to learn what works. We're going to begin to get this and then we're going to adjust this. We're going to be running lots of experiments. That's change management. Yeah. If, if I'm running experiments all of the time, then all of a sudden yeah. change doesn't become, I'm listening to a great book, Amy Edmondson, um, the person who wrote uh, psychological safety, talked about psychological safety. I forget what the name uh-huh. of that book was, but it's, uh, um, it's the, um, I can't, it's basically the right kind of failure. We'll put it in the show. We'll put it in the show notes. Um, What, what you have to do. So, so the change management comes from this place where failure is a stigma. Yeah. Now she, she talks about three types of failure. She talks about intelligent failure, basic failure and complex failure. Right. And then she also talks about two categories of failure. There is blameless failure. Yeah. And right. Yeah. There is some failure that, that, yeah, that, that, that's a problem, right? But, but, the, but the difficulty is this is all about the idea of our system needs to be right. You want to know the most powerful element of, of change management? What? Scoreboard. Oh, yeah. You want, yeah. You want to change? You want, you want people to change? Change the scoreboard? It's funny, it's funny that you bring that up because that was nowhere anywhere in my research. <laughs> Does anybody right. talk about like tracking or scoreboard? Like... Well, well, so here's the thing, and and 
you know, so we have the revenue acceleration framework and, and it was built on this whole idea that, you know, what are the companies that, that are quote unquote doing it right? What are they doing? that's different. Mm -hmm. How does this whole thing? Yep. And, you know, I used to think, you know, I come from a school, I come from a place that, you know, the strategy, the idea that's different. Yeah. The companies that kick ass, they have a better strategy. Yeah. Um, then I'm like, okay, well, maybe that's not true. It must be the companies that execute better, right? They have better people. They have better execution. You know what? That's not it either. Yeah. It's, it's the structure. I mean, that's why RevOps is so crucially important, right? And, and, and here's the thing. You have the equivalent. RevOps is the, the, the functional equivalent, equivalent of RevOps is not new in any other discipline except in the world of sales and marketing. Yep. Right. This idea of, of structure, system design, you know, we don't go, you know, we, we, we don't, the, the story that I always love is you're, you're interviewing a new director of operations and they, they learn about your manufacturing process and the equipment you use. And they respond, Oh, you know, I, you know, that's an interesting piece of equipment, but you know, over my 20 years of working in the business, I've, I've kind of found my own way. Yeah. I'm just going to do that instead. It's like, that's not, you know, you, you, you don't, you don't manufacture without real process and, right. and, 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 you know, and understanding that and, and, and whatnot. Um, I'm, I'm rewatching, uh, Mad Men. I started watching Mad Men just so I had some variants on that. And in the first episode, it's the whole lucky strike. Don Draper has to come up with, a um, and in, in his saving grace that, you know, that saves that he asks, you know, like how, how do you make your cigarettes? And, and the right. son of the founder, the son of the, it's like, I, I don't know. And dad looks at him and he goes, shame on you. Right. Now I, I will tell you, that's one of the things that technology has done is it's made it really easy for people not to know how they, they create the value that they create. But, but the difficulty with change management is again, it is it focuses it on so much on, the change that it creates a compliance element as opposed to the how, right. what, you know, what's important, the distinction. Right. And so yep. I think like that, that's where three zones of execution comes in. That's where aligning your vectors comes in. That's where, I mean, think about, you know, what, what has been the, the best improvement for our team coming back from our offsite was this is where we're going. This is the central place and right. you know what? It's going to change a hundred times. Yep. And oh, by the way, my favorite part of the whole time was, oh, by the way, for all of this new, here's what we said 10 years ago. Right. And, right. It's, yeah. It's a different flavor of. So, so, I mean, managing change is real and it's hard. Yep. But A, things are always changing. So let's get out of this idea that, there is no change. Yep. Right. And, and by the way, what's the best way to overcome somebody's resistance to something? Consistency. Yeah. All right. So, so you have to, you have to change your, your, your time frame. So like to call it change management today, we're, we're oversimplifying it. And, and by the way, when you think about the person who's saying to you, well, I need to go to my um, executives and I need to explain, aren't they really, isn't what they're really asking for a training plan? Yeah. 
Well, so I think I think they're they're asking for a training plan. I think they're also asking for what I would call more of a communication plan rather than a change management plan, which is how do we how do we communicate up? How do we communicate down? How do we set expectations about what to expect? Like, I, I think it's that. I don't think it's um, I don't think it's change management plan. Um, I have a couple of key takeaways. Uh, I think what which just hits on what I just said, what you said around um, change management is, is really more communication, not change management, communication management. Um, don't focus so much on the change. It actually has the inverse effect when you do that. And then look to the three zones of execution when you're thinking about this for what zone are you in? How are you communicating these things out? Think about iteration cycles versus and improvement cycles versus beginning, middle, end. And that'll do it this week, Jess. Sweet. Thanks, just everybody. Remember, just remember, Jess, just say no to shitty robots. Till next time. And that's a wrap on this episode of The RevOps Show. I absolutely love what Doug said about how the world used to be of great stability that had change. So we needed to manage that change. But today we live in a world of change that needs stability. If you enjoyed this episode, please make sure to go subscribe on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or wherever you happen to listen to us. We would really love it if you'd share the episode and leave us a review because that's how we continue to create episodes that benefit you by hearing your thoughts. So we'd really appreciate it. And if you have any questions that you would like to ask Doug or Jess about change management, please email me at hannah at liftenablement.com or hit us up on formerly Twitter, now x at demand creator or LinkedIn at lift enablement. And until next time, just say no to shitty RevOps. <laughs>